that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Webb. Is that really in the Bible? Did you know that you've been lied to about the Bible? Now, let me tell you something. Your average preacher is not going to tell you this. He's not going to get up in, in, on, on Sunday morning and say, you folks have been lied to about the Bible. Because the truth of the matter is, in seminary school, there are many lies that are just spread and continue on and on to be repeated over and over and over again. Lies like you have an immortal soul. That's just one lie that is taught in seminary school. But what I want to talk about today is the subject of hell. And chances are you have never heard hardly any of this, what I'm going to reveal to you from the pages of your Bible, the truth about this subject, the subject of hell. Now, first, when we, first off, I want to show you a picture inside hell. Now, get this. We're going to... Show, now, this is a rare opportunity to actually see the inside of hell. Are you ready? Okay, let's go with it. Here it is. What do you think? Well, actually, it's a picture inside of a grave, inside of a tomb. You're inside hell right now, looking out. Looking out. Now, what am I talking about? Well, most of the time, the word hell in your Bible is translated grave. Did you know that? Most of the time, the word hell, especially in the New Testament, well, and, and, and in the Old Testament, too, is translated grave. In fact, in the New Testament, the word hell has three, not one, three different meanings. In other words, you have this one word, English word hell, but it has three different meanings in your Bible. Now, if you didn't know this, you will, be, you will be profoundly confused about the Bible, about the nature of God, about judgment, about the lake of fire, and what's it really all about. You're going to be confused if you don't understand what I just told you, that the word hell there has three different meanings. All right, let's take a look at these different meanings here. Most common usage of the word is just hell. It's just, it just means the grave. Let's take a look at Acts 2 and verse 27. It says, speaking of Jesus here, Because you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to seek corruption. The word there, hell, is just Hades. It means the grave. That's all it means. Uh, another, sometimes just using another translation will help a lot. Let's take a look at the same verse, Acts 2 and verse 27, but we're using God's Word translation. This is what it says, Because you do not abandon my soul to the grave or allow your Holy One to decay. Now there, the proper word grave, which clears up the meaning of this word, is used. And it just means, it, again, it is Hades and it means grave or the grave. Now let's take a look at a scripture that is often used to try to prove that people you burn in hell for all eternity, God forbid. Um, I don't mind destroying people in hell. I mean, I think that's just, that's God's justice. The wicked, incorrigible sinners should be destroyed in hell. 
But I said destroyed, I didn't say tortured for all eternity. Big difference between the two. Big difference. Okay. Luke 16 and verse 23, this is a story about Lazarus and the rich man. But it says, and in hell, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, did you know the word hell there? <clears throat> Excuse me. The word hell there means grave. Yeah. In other words, he lifted up his eyes in the grave. Now, what is it when you lift up your eyes in the grave? Well, let me tell you what it is. It's a resurrection from the dead. So this is what this is referring to. A resurrection from the dead here. He lifts up his eyes in the grave. He is awake now. Now, again, people have used this verse to try to prove that you burn for all eternity in hell. That is not what this story is about. This story is an allegory. It is a parable. It's an allegory. Jesus would use allegories to explain a little story to explain what he's wanting to, 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 to explain. In other words, he'd use these little stories, he's called allegories, to explain a point he's trying to make. And the point he was trying to make in this story is not that people burn and burn and burn in hell for all eternity and never quite burn up. That's not what he wanted to get across. What he wanted to get across is in Luke, is at the end of it, Luke 16 and verse 31. And he said unto him, if they will not hear, if they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither would they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. That's the point Jesus wanted to get across. In other words, when it comes to people, you know, why, don't God, why doesn't God send a prophet to America? Why doesn't God send someone to say, repent of your sins? Jesus' response would be, listen, if they won't listen to the Bible, they wouldn't hear anybody. If I, if I raise someone from the dead, they still wouldn't hear. That was Jesus' point. The validity of the Bible, the, the willingness to trust and to read what you already have, Moses and the prophets. If they won't hear Moses and the prophet, if they won't hear the Bible, then they wouldn't believe though one rose from the dead. That was Jesus' point. His point he was trying to make was not, by using this little allegory, by using this story, his point was not that people are going to be tortured for all eternity. That was not the point. But you've been lied to about the Bible. That's exact. You've been taught this verse over and over again. That what this, this, this little story is about, what Jesus was trying to say was that people are going to burn for all eternity in hell and never burn up. No, they're going to be destroyed. Okay? They're going to be destroyed in hell. Not exist for all eternity. All right. Now, I said that the word hell has three different meanings. Let's take a look at the second meaning of the word hell here that you find in the New Testament. Jesus speaking. He says, you serpents, you generations of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? He's talking to a bunch of religious Pharisees, a bunch of religious nuts here. And he's saying, how can you escape? And here he uses the word Gehenna. Now, Gehenna was a valley uh, in Hinnom, the sons of Hinnom, it was in a valley in Jerusalem. It was a literal valley called Gehenna where it was like a burning, smoldering garbage dump 
where the carcasses of dead animals and criminals were thrown off the edge. It was lit a fire. It smoltered. It stunk. It burned. And so when Jesus talked about hell, using the word Gehenna, being in danger of Gehenna fire, the disciples could cast their eyes south of Jerusalem. They could see the smoke boiling up from the valley of Hinnom, and they realized this is not good. He's talking about dying. He's talking about absolute destruction, being destroyed. That's what they thought. They didn't think. The thought never entered their head that these carcasses of dead animals and criminals were alive on fire running around through that valley. No, that never, the, the disciples knew what Jesus was talking about when he referred to Gehenna fire was destruction, absolute destruction by fire. That's what, that's what they understood, okay? All right, now, I, the third meaning of the word hell is used only one time in the New Testament. Let's take a look at it. It's 2 Peter 2 and verse 4. It says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Now the word hell here is Tartaru. It just means incarceration. It's a, it's a holding place for evil spirits. Now don't you know worry your pea brain mind over, well, how come some of the evil spirits had to be bound in this place called Tartaru and why not all of them and and uh, where, where is this place where these evil spirits, demons, are bound? I don't know where it's at. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, that, it's not important to know. But it's the third meaning of the word hell here. So you've got to know the difference between these meanings. Uh, you need a Strong's Concordance. You can use different translations. Sometimes we'll clear it up. Uh, I, I use a program called eSword. It's free computer download Bible program called eSword. It's a great program. Get it free on the internet. Uh, it's a great Bible study tool, eSword. Now, does hell exist today? Does it exist today? You know, they, they, it was somewhere in the Siberian desert. There was a hole in the ground. They ran a microphone down in there and they claimed it was the sounds of hell. Maybe you heard that before. Actually, they figured out later it was a sound clip taken from a zombie movie. Uh, you know, people are screeching and hollering, and, and, and but they said, but you know, religious people said, oh, it's the sound of hell. We we recorded the sounds of hell. Does hell exist right now? Is there a place that is actually burning right now? Are there children in hell right now? You know, the missionary had a flat tire and he didn't get over into Africa. He had a flat tire on the way. The little girl didn't get to sing, yes, Jesus loves me, and so she wasn't saved. She died of AIDS. She's in hell right now burning for all eternity. Is that right? Is that what you believe? Are there teenagers in hell right now burning? Are there adults in hell right now burning? Answer, no. No. No, it's not. I want to tell you about the real hell. Okay, it's found in 2 Peter 3 and verse 10. This is the real hell that is going to come eventually. It's not there now, but it's, it's, it will eventually be here. 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now, what is this talking about? Well, this is talking about after the return of Christ. It refers to the day of the Lord. Okay, you got the day, that's Christ's return. But after that, Christ returns. And then we know he sets up his kingdom on this earth for 1,000 years. It's called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on this earth for 1,000 years. Then after that, you have another resurrection called, you know, the great white throne judgment, the second resurrection, where all those who never had a chance for salvation will be given their first chance, not a second chance, but a first chance, okay? When the dead stand before God and the books are open and the book of life is open and, the, and, 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 and to add new names to the book. But after all of this is said and done, after everybody who has ever you know, existed will be given a chance for salvation, some will reject, yeah, there will be some that reject that offer that calling or whatever, and they re will refuse, and they will have to be destroyed. Okay, now this is talking about the real hell fire that's gonna occur. It's when the earth melts with fervent heat. The earth will be destroyed, you know, and a new heaven and a new earth will be created. But this one, ultimately, after everybody gets a chance for salvation, will burn up. It will melt, okay? Um, verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, yes, dissolved, uh, what manner of persons ought you be in all holiness and conversation and godliness? In other words, when you think about it, the earth is going to have to be purged, and even the heavens. It's going to be purged with fire. Now, why is that? Well, think about the incredible damage that, that, and sinful things that we have done not just sinful behavior, but sinful acts against nature and the earth and, and even the heavens. I mean, we've sent so much junk, spacecrafts, satellites that are floating around in the heavens. All that junk's got to be cleaned up. And it's going to be purged. It's going to be destroyed. It's going to melt with fervent heat. And um, that, that's the reason. And the only thing that can stand this kind of heat is a spirit being. Anything left on the earth that is physical... Those who rejected Christ totally, those who didn't go for the offer for salvation, those people left on the earth will be destroyed by fire. And the only thing that can stand this kind of heat is a spirit being. Now, what's that? Well, I'm surprised you asked. You don't know what a spirit being is? Well, let's take a look at it. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 44. It says, it is sown, speaking of the resurrection, it is sown a natural body. That's what you have now. It is raised a spiritual body. Did you know that? That you're going to be raised and given a spiritual body? There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. There it is again. No misunderstanding that, is it? You go down, when you die, you die with your natural body. When you are raised, you're going to be given a spiritual body. And so when this time comes, anything left on earth that is physical, not spirit, will be destroyed, okay? 
And then from that point, as a child of God, we will go out and do great things. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth because the old one, the old heaven and the old earth is gonna to have to be purged. I already talked about that, okay. All right, so from there we will go out and do great things, really great things when you think about it. You know, in our solar system, there are other planets. And all it takes for one of these planets to be inhabited is that it, has to, it would have to be put the right position from a sun. It had to be tilted on its axis so you can have the different seasons. But all of these other planets out there will one day be inhabited by mankind. In other words, your Bible says this in Isaiah 9 and verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. In other words, this plan that God has is going to continue on and on and on. Um, and, and I'm just talking about our little Milky Way galaxy. You know, there are hundreds of millions of other galaxies out there, they say, with its own suns, moons, and planets. One day, all of that is going to be inhabited. Wrap your mind around that. Yes, Isaiah 51 and verse 16 says this, that I may, breaking into the middle of this verse, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth. God is going to plant the heavens. With what? Well, children of God, people with potentials, people who have the potential of becoming children of God. He's going to plant the heavens. Yes, it's, his plan is going to go out into the universe. Creation is not complete. Listen to me. Creation is not complete. It's only just begun. It's only just begun. Now, what happens to people when they go to hell? Do they live forever in hell? Well, we just read about a verse about the earth is going to melt, it's going to dissolve with fervent heat. You know, what happens when you throw, you got a hot burning wood stove, it's cold winter night, you really got, you got the nose opened up, that fire is burning real good, and you open up the door and you have to open, you have to take a glove, be careful not to burn your hand, you open up the door and you throw a piece of newspaper in there, what happens to that newspaper? Does it dance around for all eternity and never burn up? Of course not. I mean, just zoom like that. that that's the kind of destruction that we're talking about. Uh, what happens to people in hell? They are destroyed. All right, let's take a look at this. Malachi 4 and verse 1. For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven. We just talked about that, when the earth is going to melt with fervent heat. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. That's absolute destruction, folks. That's what that is. Okay, Malachi 4 and verse 3. And you shall tread down the wicked, and for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Yeah, ashes under the soles of your feet. We're talking about absolute destruction of the wicked. Now, you've been lied to about the Bible. Look at, look at Romans 6 and verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. You know what you've been told? You've been told that the wages of sin is, e is eternal life in a place called hell. I don't know why no one wakes up to that. But that's what you've been taught. 
that the wages of sin is eternal life in a place called hell. You never die. You live forever in hell. Now this little verse, the wages of sin is death, you do know that that's talking about the second death. That's not talking about the first death. It is appointed unto all men to die once. This is a reference to the second. When it says the wages of sin is death, it's not talking about what's going to happen to you in this life when you get old and ugly and you eventually die. That's the first death. This is a reference to the second death for which there is no return. It's absolute destruction. Okay? It's what Jesus referred to as hell in the sense of damnation. Absolute, the second death. Absolute destruction. Now, what gives hell its power? It is the fault, it is, it's based on a faulty foundation of the immortality of the soul. You know, I mentioned in seminary school that you're taught the false teaching of the immortality of the soul. Now, this lie that you have something immortal inside of you originated in the Garden of Eden when Satan said to Eve, you shall not surely die. If you eat of this fruit, you're not going to die. What was he saying? He's saying you have an immortal soul, you eat at this, and you're not going to die. That's what he was telling him, that you, this lie originated with, with Satan, that you have an immortal soul. Because that's what he told Eve. You shall not surely die. Many cultures have their version of the immortality of the soul. The Egyptians have their version of the immortality of the soul. For us, it was Greek philosophers like uh, Plato and Socrates that developed this idea of the immortality of the soul. It's not found in your Bible is what I'm saying. Your Bible says God only has immortality. And that immortality is something that we're looking for. We seek for it. We want it. But it's going to be given to us at the resurrection. You don't have it right now, is what I'm saying. Let's notice this, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal, notice that, this mortal, what you are right now, mortal, subject to death, when you die, you're dead, must put on immortality. We've got to put immortality on. Well, when do we do it? When do we have it? We don't have it right now. We've got to put it on. Well, when do we put it on? Next verse. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal, what we are now, shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. No, this is, you, you're not going to be given immortality until Christ returns and resurrects the dead. That's the moment you're going to be given immortality. Okay, let's read it again. This mortal, what we are now, shall put on immortality. That's right, at the resurrection. At the resurrection. Now, I do want to say this. There is a spirit in man. It's what I call your spiritual DNA that returns back to God who gave it when you die. In other words, when you die, your physical body returns to the, to the dust of the earth, but your, your spirit, that is your spiritual DNA, the record of you, okay? The record of you, just like you'd file it away on a computer or some, something like that, the record of you returns back to God who gave it. And it will be given back to you at the resurrection. But that record of you, 
is not conscious of anything. It's not in the presence of God, looking into the face of God, rolling around heaven, walking around heaven, walking streets of gold. No, the, no that, that spirit that returns back to God who gave it is not conscious of anything. The reason for that is because it doesn't have a body. The spirit without the body is dead, okay? It results in a condition when you separate your body and your spirit, it's a condition called death. Okay, it's not conscious of anything. That's the point I want to make. Your spirit, the record of you that returns back to God, is not conscious of anything. So what I'm saying is this. The wicked will simply be destroyed. Now, isn't that good news? I mean, the gospel, the word gospel means good news. Why would you want to believe that people burn for all eternity in hell? Why do you want to believe that? You know, I'm supposed to believe that in heaven, there's a place called hell. And that in heaven, I can, all of us could go over and see all these people burning. Is that what you call heaven? No, the wicked will simply be destroyed. And the reason the wicked can be destroyed is because they don't have an immortal soul. Now, do you know of anyone who has ever died without being saved? Actually, there's a lot of people that fit into that category. I want to offer you this book, If God So Loved the World, Why Are So Many People Going to Hell? The actual reality of this title is that they're not going to hell. Uh, everybody gets a chance according to God's timing. This little story, this book tells about a minister who was on a plane. The stewardess uh, found out he was a minister and asked about her father. Her father had just passed away and he was not a religious man. He was not saved. And the Catholic priest who did the funeral told her, told this daughter, that her father was burning in hell right now. Is that true? You need this book. If God so loved the world, why are so many people going to hell? It will answer a lot of questions for you. It's a powerful little booklet, and you'll be greatly encouraged by that. So if you know of someone that's been, been you know, that, that, who has died, who has never been saved, and you're worried about them, or you have worried about them, you need this little book. I'll send it to you free of charge. I'm not gonna sell your name to a mailing list. It's yours for the asking. Order it today. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Traditional Christian teachings about hell would consign at least 80% or more of humanity straight to an eternal and never-ending torment in an ever-burning hell when they die. Is this really the action of a just and merciful God? Order your free copy of If God So Loved the World, Why Are So Many People Going to Hell? If you have ever been concerned about the spiritual condition of a lost loved one, then you need to read this book. You will come to understand that God truly is a merciful, compassionate God that will give everyone a chance for salvation according to His timing. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com.
If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.